Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking about internal auditing today, and we're talking with Holly Kidder of the Institute of Internal Auditors. Holly, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Tom. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the IIA. I see you've got a background that's going to be particularly enticing to our financial institutions. Uh, yes, and actually, Tom, I'm going to start with the IIA just to give a, a brief background of that for those that are not familiar with it. Um, the IIA, we've been around for a long time. We were established in 1941, and we've got about 160,000 members in 165 countries around the world. Um, we are recognized as the internal audit profession leaders in uh, certification, education, resource, uh, sorry, research and uh, technical guidance, and we're also the global professions leader, we're the chief advocate, and we're the standard setting body for the worldwide profession of internal auditing. So many people have heard of us, but um, for those that haven't, just a little background there. As far as myself goes, yes, um, you had mentioned that uh, I have some background with the financial services. I've had about 15 years of experience with internal auditing, but I've had practical knowledge in financial services. I started out as a teller myself, and I worked my way up through the banking industry uh, to a vice president of internal auditing before I left, and uh, I've been with the IIA now for three years this Friday. Oh, very good. Yeah. Now, specific to my role at the IIA, um, the IIA provides standards and guidance for the professional practice of internal auditing, and one of our goals is to be recognized as a trustworthy, internationally guidance-setting body. And within the standards and guidance team, one of our key roles surrounds the International Professional Practices Framework, and most people are familiar with that when we talk about our standards. The framework actually encompasses our standards as well as all of our other authoritative guidance of the IA, which also includes our definition of internal auditing, our code of ethics. Um, most are familiar with our practice advisories that gives the methodology of how to implement the standards. But now we are coming out with um, our practice guides and position papers where practice guides give more of a step-by-step, hands-on, this-is-how-you-do-it type thing, which has been um, very useful for our members. We've got, um, for example, our GTAG series, which is the IT series. I know you've had a previous uh, discussion with Dave Richards on the IT piece, and I know he talked about that a little bit. And then as far as my role within the team goes, my focus is on the IPPF, but I also help um, beyond the IPPF in, in supporting matters basically that impact the internal audit profession as a whole. I'm the staff liaison for our Professional Issues Committee. Um, for those that are not familiar with the IA and how we function, we have a huge uh, group of volunteers all around the world, and most are familiar with our, our chapters and how you can get involved with the chapters, but even going higher up than that, we have volunteers that actually help us develop our standards and our guidance and, and help us um, look at what the future of internal auditing is going to be all about. And within the Professional Issues Committee, I work regularly with probably more than 50 thought leaders and practitioners from around the world who are selected to serve as volunteers and basically help us to create our guidance and, and develop our standards and, and take the profession where it needs to go. Um, 
we that that's a lot of my that's primarily what I do as far as our standards and guidance team goes. But we also assist with, um, for example, this, this this type of thing with the media relations with our CBOC, our Common Body of Knowledge. We go out and we actually do quality assessments. We go out and uh, we help with our course development and our training and speaking engagements and that sort of thing as well. So we've got a variety of things that we help out with at the IAA. So. Very good. Uh, give us a sense, Holly. What is the state of internal auditing within banking institutions today from what you see? From what I see, um, we've got changing expectations um, as far as um, the internal audit stakeholders go, resulting in revisions to uh, internal audit strategies. Internal auditing's growing role in enterprise risk management um, with the financial crisis, there's a new focus on that that's kind of changed. Um, things the way we used to look at it in the past, um, we looked at a lot of, okay, what are the regulators focusing on? What do we need to look at as internal auditors based on what the regulators are going to come in and look at? And I really think that um, your senior management and your board of directors are starting to see more of the value that internal auditing can play as far as helping the institution not only prepare for your regulators, but also prepare for what risks that might be out there that they don't see. Um, the audit committees are relying more on internal audit to keep the stakeholders informed on, you know, enterprise risk management strategies and also um, sometimes like, like senior management or your board of directors will go to a conference or listen to a podcast such as this and hear something and they're starting to turn to their internal auditors to say, hey, what do you know about this? If you don't know about it, can you research it and get back with me? And that's, that's really key for the state of internal auditing. Um, we've seen this coming along. Um, we saw a, a big change with Sarbanes-Oxley where everybody turned to internal audit and said, hey, we've got this internal control thing. What is this all about? Can you help us out? So there was a big push with that. Um, within financial uh, services, we always had the uh, fiduciary regulation. So luckily, we were, we were kind of prepared for those organizations and those banks that fell underneath that. But this, the Sarbanes-Oxley, I think, really put an emphasis on the board of directors on their responsibilities and, and having them really step up. I know when Sarbanes-Oxley came through um, the bank that I was at, it was the first time that we actually had our board of directors, and we really scrutinized our audit committee saying, okay, this is the experience that we need to have on our audit committee. So we took a proactive approach for the organization um, and not necessarily just, okay, what are the regulators going to come in and look at, and, and let's make sure we've we've you know, got that covered. Now, I've actually, I, I have some friends that are regulators um, with the Office of Thrift Supervision, and I asked him this question, too. And his comments coming back to me was that in larger institutions that they regulate, uh, they've seen a steady improvement over the last 10 years. From general auditing standpoint, they think that uh, SOCs, has a bit to do with it, as I just spoke about, and they hope that regulation and thus the regulators have played a part as well. The IT audit is much stronger today than it was five to ten years ago, but it still needs more resources. Then we need knowledgeable, experienced IT auditors, which are very difficult to hire and retain, um, not only in financial services industry, but I think that everybody is, is beginning to understand the key role that your IT piece is playing within companies, and not just your IT auditors, but every internal auditor has to have some sort of IT understanding. 
So those are some of the the, the changing roles. But um, going back to the basics, I really think it the, the biggest piece of it is looking at the enterprise risk management as a whole and internal audit getting more involved from the from the beginning rather than being a retrospect of okay, this is what they're going to be looking at. Let's let's talk to internal audit, but. Uh, Internal audit is more of a resource for organizations than it was before. So if you look at that as sort of the mission of the internal auditor right now, where would you generalize and sort of say briefly the practices are strongest and where are they weakest? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that from two perspectives, actually. Um, looking at financial institutions, when you're looking at their strongest and weakest points as a whole, Financial institutions are beginning to understand risk management more. Um, we've we've always looked at risk. When um, when the financial crisis came along, everybody said, "Okay, well, you know, what happened with with risk and banks? They've been doing it all along." But it was just the understanding of of you know what risk management truly encompassed. It's it's taking a look outside of the box and making sure that you're covering everything, not just the things that are in front of you and checking the boxes. There's a lot of checklists within internal auditing and financial services, and I really think that um, we're getting stronger at looking outside of that checklist. Um, we're becoming more focused on on the most significant issues, and our, uh, you know, some of our weakest areas from a financial institution perspective is probably uh, the documentation. You know, documentation is always very difficult to to um, keep up on, and it's it's a challenge not only in financial institution, institutions but all all uh, industries. Yeah, you're right. And and then looking from an internal audit perspective, when you talk about strongest and weakest practices, that's really going to be- depend on the maturity of the internal audit activity. And your maturity level is going to be based on like your size, your scope, the time that the audit committee has been in existence. You know, sometimes you get into talking about whether it's an internal audit a function or an outsourced internal or outsourced internal audit function. Um, also, depending on um, whether it's a rotational internal audit activity. Some people will bring um, internal auditors in and rotate them out every two years. So it's very difficult to say as a whole where your internal audit activity practice are strongest and weakest. But if I had to look at financial services in North America, I'd, I'd say that our strongest practices relate to those that the regulators and the external auditors look at. Um, that's been our focus in the past. It's it's our strongest still. It will be our strongest because, of course, the financial regulators and external auditors, you know, they can make a big impact. That's going to be where your focus of the board of directors and your um, senior management is because if they come in and give you a bad grade or give you a bad rating, that's going to affect the organization as a whole. So I think that that will probably always be a very strong practice for your internal auditors is looking at what the regulator is going to be coming in and looking at and looking at what external auditors are going to be coming in and looking at. But I also think that we're getting stronger as far as being a resource, going back to what I said before. We actually did a survey of 117 internal auditors working in financial services industry in the U.S., and 42% felt that better risk management practices could have helped prevent the organization's current financial situation, 
more than half, 55%, felt that internal auditing could have helped identify risks to mitigate the impacts of the financial crisis. And 43% of the uh, respondents whose companies had accepted the TARP funds had not addressed the related risks. Um, we expect this number to increase as companies feel pressure to look after the related reputational risks. And then in looking at why internal audit did not play a larger role in preventing the crisis, and there there's various reason, reasons for this, which could be another podcast on its own of, of why, what, what goes in behind, the reasoning behind this, but some CAEs may not have been close enough to the organization risk management program. Uh, many organizations' risk have been rating with extreme low probability. Um, and then... Um, Many are now contemplating new approaches to risk assessment. Going back to what I said earlier, we looked at at risk assessment, but we weren't looking outside the box of, of how is this affecting us as a whole and what if, what might. Um, we're looking closer at factors such as probability and possible impacts of risks and their organization's preparedness for those risks as well. So we talked about the economy a bit. How has the practice been affected by the recession? I know there have been lots of cutbacks at financial institutions. What's happened to auditing? Yep. Yeah, there's been, um, even at the IAA, um, the, def, uh, the recession is definitely hurting internal auditing. Institutions have cut staff, and auditing has definitely not escaped. Uh, we, we see it everywhere. And um, looking at that survey that we conducted, 41% had seen a decrease in their internal audit budget. And the biggest hits to the budget had been in the areas of training and travel, where 68% have had to freeze or reduce compensation in addition to that. Um, similarly, overall, the internal audit profession is feeling the pinch on their budgets as organi organizations try to deal with the reduced resources. Um, that's That's been a common factor everywhere is, is um, looking at your staffing and and you know, trying to decide, okay, what what's needed, where can we reduce, that sort of thing. However, you know, internal auditors are still in demand, but things have just slowed down since Sarbanes-Oxley boom. Um, our IA membership, it's not increasing as dramatically as we had seen in the past. It's still holding steady. Um, uh, once the economy has improved, we expect to see another hiring trend as more accountability and transparency are expected by banking institutions. In fact, last month, the widely distributed Parade magazine called internal auditing one of the five bright spots in the job market. And at the beginning of the year, Forbes magazine says uh, the President Obama's stimulus plan will boost the internal audit profession because they're calling for more oversight of the market. So I think everywhere we see the recession, but we expect that that, that to rebound as far as internal auditing goes. Yeah. Holly, you spoke about the regulators coming in, and we know, of course, that financial institutions are very responsive to what the regulators want. Mm -hmm. What do you find that they're looking for primarily? Maybe the top two or three things in best practices in auditing. You know, this is one where I spoke to my friend that is the regulator, and he, he came back and he said, well, you know, best practices, um, you know, that could be another podcast in its own, and that's kind of what I do on an everyday basis here at the IA. But overall, your your best practices are still what they've always been, having strong documentation. It's a weak area, but it, it's key. It's a best practice to have strong documentation. Strong communication with your audit committees and senior management is, is 
is huge. If you've got that relationship and you, you can get that communication going, that is certainly a best practice. And then another common thing um, that's not talked about as much, but it's certainly a best practice, is to have a strong bo- uh, program for follow-up and verification of action taken to address the audit concerns. Because we do all of this work and in internal auditing, and if we don't follow up, you know, it, it, it could all be for naught. Um, of course, you know, as an internal audit, uh, internal auditor, we we make the recommendations, and management has the option to um, implement what we recommend or not. Um, and going back to that second best practice, that if we've got the good communication with our boards and our senior management, that will always help with the follow up piece as well. <laughs> sure. uh, last question for you, Holly. What sorts of programs and services are you offering now at the IIA to help out institutions? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this one is really near and dear to my heart because when I was a practitioner in internal auditing, I um, I actually steered away from the Institute of Internal Audit because I couldn't find what I was looking for. And even when I went to the chapters, um, I was in a remote area where I didn't have a close chapter. I had to drive at least an hour to get to my chapter. However, since I've been at the IA, I have been overwhelmed with the the resources that are here that I never imagined were here. Um, I think most people are familiar that the I, I that the IA provides guidance on an array of tox- topics such as best practices, you know, corporate governance, risk management, information technology, even the ethics. Um, most people are familiar that the IA provides conferences and seminars around the world. We are now also, um, because of the economy, we're we're doing more and more online training opportunities, and we also have on-site training where we will set up a specialized program specific to your organization. Now, from being from the financial services myself, that is very important that I never realized we had because we would always or I would always go to some of the seminars and I'm like this is so generic it it just isn't applying to me and now that I'm here at the IA I see that we at the IA will put together a specialized program for your company not just for your industry but for your company and we will come in and we will train you specific to those so that was huge for me to find out um, also, every year we have our financial services conference. This year it's in Orlando, and it's uh, from June 1st to the 3rd. This is where we bring in a high profile on speakers from financial services and banking industries, and they discuss recent and emerging issues in the sector. Um, our conferences, the, the best thing about our conferences is, is you know, you, you get the speakers that come in, but also the networking opportunities to have someone that is in the same situation that you're and call up and say, hey, how did you handle this? Or have you thought about this? Um, For myself, being in that remote location, I couldn't always reach out to my chapter. But if I had a network of people that I could call up on the phone or send an email to, that was really beneficial. I think another key area of resources that the IA has that most people are not familiar with that I myself was not even familiar with, you know, we we talk about our standards and, and that sort of thing, but we also have the IA Research Foundation. They um they are in control of our bookstore for example and we bring in, or they bring in they they come up with all the the topics and that sort of thing and they they resource that out to authors who will write books and and um put publications from our research foundation aspect on our website or or through our bookstore where you can purchase them. The IA Research Foundation also does ongoing reports and um, 
our GAIN, which is our Global Audit Information Network, has been moved underneath Research Foundation. And that, for me, was probably the biggest resource I didn't realize the IA had in that this is a we, – we do surveys um, – for example, if, if I'm an internal auditor and I'm starting up a new audit shop and I want to know, okay, how do, what's common where I live for financial institutions? I can call up the, the IA and say, hey, can you, can you run a survey for me? And we can run a survey specific for you, specific with your, you create the questions, we can send the questions out and you can get your answers. Um, we've, I've seen that happen a lot since I've been here because you know, we are trying to um, show our, our board of directors and our audit committees that, you know, in the past it was always, okay, I've got two auditors, I need five, this is the reason why. When they see the statistics and this is what's happening in my area, that's always a, a helpful push. So that's a common request from our um, from our, our gain network. But we also have an, an annual um, participation where you can, where you can be part of a, an annual survey and get information on a regular basis. Um, if we go on and we look at our, our IA chapters and institutes there, again, we've got the networking opportunities. We've got um, a uh, financial services uh, FSA membership where you can be a member of this specific FSA group. With Once you're a member of that, you can get um, resources. We even got audit programs. That's one of our – I mean, I get that question all the time. Do you have audit programs for ABC? From an IAA standpoint, that is very difficult for us to do because we are an international organization and we cover every industry. For us to come up and create audit programs for every industry all around the world is very difficult. So it, it's something that we really want to do but we also struggle with because we've got to make sure that we're not only watching out for those internal audit shops that are very mature, but also, um, for example, I'm going to be going to Ecuador next week and doing a presentation over there, and, and their audit shops are so different than what our audit shops are. So we've got to look, even when we create our guidance um, with my professional issues committee, when we write something, we try to look at it, okay, this is a, a, a very mature audit shop down to this is an audit shop that's just starting out. And in the financial services industry, you see, I think, the biggest range of sizes and maturity levels within internal audit um, shops. And then the last thing, too, that, that um, a lot of people may not be familiar with, and even myself, is we have got, within our website, we've got our periodicals are online now. Um, our internal auditor magazine is online. That is a membership benefit. And it's got a lot of um, key resources there that you can go online and get. And we also have discussion groups. That is not something that is even um, monitored by the IIA itself. It's just you can go out to the discussion group and post a question. You can go out and post and, and ask for an audit program. And we've got a lot of people that use that as a resource just to get more information and get um, insight from others that are out there. And then lastly, the, I think that uh, most people are not aware that they can just call up the IA and ask us a question. I get questions all the time from members, and I myself, when I was at the bank, I would have never thought to call the IA and ask for that question. So if anyone um, has any questions or needs resources, if you can't find anything you're looking for, you are more than welcome to contact the IA, and we can help direct you in the right direction. Our, um, 
Our main number is 407, if anybody wants to write this down, 407-937-1100. And also our website address is www.theiia, that's T-H-E-I-I-A dot org. Once again, my name is Holly Kidder, and I would be happy to help anyone with any questions or anything that they have uh, that I might be able to assist with. Very good. Holly, thank you for your time and your insight today. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. We've been talking with Holly Kidder at the IIA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.